Welcome to Space Q's Short Take Episode 4. In this episode, we learn about Nav Canada's Arion joint venture. On January 14th of this year, a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launched the first 10 satellites of the Iridium Next satellite constellation. This coming Sunday, another SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket is scheduled to launch with the next 10 satellites in the constellation to be deployed. When the constellation is completed in 2018, there will be 66 cross-linked operational satellites along with nine in-orbit spares and another six on the ground for future replenishment. On board each satellite, is an Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast, or ADSB, sensor owned by Arion, a joint venture between Iridium Communications, Nav Canada, ENAV, which is the Italian Air Navigation Service Provider, IAA, the Irish Aviation Authority, and Navier of Denmark, Greenland, and the Faroe Islands. The new ADSB sensors on each satellite will enable real-time flight tracking and for the first time cover the world's oceans and remote areas. The global coverage will cover the 70% of the world's flight information regions that are currently uncovered by any real-time surveillance. Nav Canada will be the majority stakeholder in Arion, having a 51% interest in the company after making its final payment later this year, according to Ron Singer, National Media Manager for Nav Canada. Nav Canada's total investment will be $150 million US. In March, Nav Canada took full control of the first ADSB payload, hosted on an Iridium Next satellite, and conducted the first in a series of successful flight tests ahead of the full system going operational in 2018 after the rest of the Iridium Next satellites have been launched. The first Nav Canada test flight occurred on March 7th and used a specially equipped Bombardier aircraft outfitted with both top and bottom mounted ADSB antennas. According to Nav Canada, during the flight tests, 6,935 ADSB messages were received and decoded by a single Arion payload, and after rigorous analysis, were found to exhibit comparable results to that of terrestrial ADSB stations. Traveling through the Montreal, Winnipeg, and Edmonton flight information regions, the flight test was a highly choreographed exercise requiring the aircraft to position itself in the correct airspace while the appropriate Iridium Next satellite carrying the Arion ADSB receiver was overhead. Ahead of this Sunday's scheduled launch, Arion CEO Don Toma participated in a media briefing this morning. Here are his comments. Thank you, everyone, for joining the call. Um, I look forward to providing you a few updates on both the operational payloads that are currently in, in orbit, as well as the work and progression we're having with our, our customers, and certainly to better understand what the next launch means to us. I know I've had the opportunity to talk to a number of you before, but for those who I haven't, I'd like to first provide a little bit of an update on the Arion concept itself and what we'll do for, for aviation. As many of you know, Arion was formed as a joint venture between Iridium and the Air Navigation Service Providers, or the Air Traffic Control Organizations, of four countries, Canada with Nav Canada, the Irish Aviation Authority, ENAV of Italy, and Navier of, of Denmark. 
You know, one, one of the things that you may, may or may not know, that when you're flying over the oceans, outside of coverage of radar, you have, you're not under surveillance of any air traffic control organization. And this is you know, a very interesting aha moment when we created Arion, in that when you think about flying over the oceans, you look at the seatback map, you see where you are, the pilot knows where you are, but nobody else knows where you are. Air traffic control knows approximately where you are. And that is really caused by the fact that the air traffic control system up until now has been based on primarily 1930s technology based on radar. And it's limited to land masses and the ability to have ground radars be able to see, if you will, the, the, the aircraft. What this creates for the air traffic control community is a very inefficient way of operating aircraft. When aircraft leave terrestrial airspace, they fly very rigid formations, typically Congo lines or highways in the sky along fixed routes to ensure that the aircraft maintain uh, safe separation distances from one another and make sure, make sure the air traffic system is as safe as, safe as, it, as it is. Um, that's all in the process of being changed. There's a major upgrade going on by the world's air traffic control organizations to move from a radar-based technology to a, a new GPS-based technology called Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast, or ADSB. ADSB will provide a ability to get real-time, very accurate, and, and frequent updates on aircraft location to air, air traffic controllers. Uh, by, and of course, what Arion represents is the ability to provide that not just over land-based areas, but over the entire world. So with the inclusion of an Arion ADSB receiver payload on each of the Iridium Next satellites, we'll be able to receive these, this information that'll be on all of the world's aircraft. There's mandates out by Europe, by the US, Australia, many other air navigation service providers to have this equipment on board their aircraft. Majority are, are, are well on their way to being equipped. We'll be able to pick up those signals and provide them in real time to air traffic controllers. This will truly be a, a revolutionary aspect of air traffic control, not only supporting the surveillance across remote areas like the oceans, but also as providing a backup capability and additional gap filling surveillance over significant parts of, of land masses around the world. So with that, We've been making substantial progress in the deployment of the Arion system. The, the first launch in January provided us with eight operational payloads that we've been using uh, quite extensively with our launch customers at this point. As you know, as Matt mentioned, the other two are on their way to uh, an adjacent plane. Uh, but with those two satellites, we've been able to provide many firsts in air traffic control. First surveillance of aircraft over the poles, over parts of the ocean where they haven't been seen before. Uh, we've been running operational flight tests with our partners, with the FAA, with NAV Canada, and some internal uh, flight assets that we've been, been using to prove out the operational capability of the, of the system. And just from these first eight active payloads, we've been able to receive over a billion ADSB position reports per month from air aircraft around the world. And that's only covering 12% of the world at any given time with those eight satellites. So very historic. Um, when we show this to the air traffic control community, um, there, there is a lot of hope and, and promise that this is going to, of what this can do 
for air traffic control. We're currently working with 10 air navigation service providers who are assigned customers of our services, uh, representing over 20 countries. Um, in addition, there's probably an equal number, if not more, countries that are actively involved with Arion in the test and validation and the, uh, and the business case development for implementation of the Arion service. So very important to us, uh, the, the recognition of what this can do for air traffic control um, and the active engagement of the air traffic control community is very important to the success of, the, of Arion and, and the service. In addition, you may be aware of a strategic partnership we have with a company called FlightAware. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the, with the aviation um, incidents of, of MH370, um, ICAO, the International Civil Aviation Organization, implemented a program to prevent a similar tragedy like that from occurring by mandating the tracking of aircraft in remote airspace uh, at a frequency of once every 15 minutes. Our relationship with FlightAware is to introduce a product called Global Beacon. Global Beacon will use this very precise, very frequent update information by, by ADSB from the aircraft to provide a service to meet those upcoming mandates for aircraft tracking uh, by ICAO. The first mandate comes into play next year. Um, under that um, service, we have an agreement with our launch customer, Cutter Airways, to be the first customer for Global Beacon. But in addition, through a partnership with Sea to On Air, and FlightAware, we're, we'll also be providing this air, this service to over 3,000 aircraft that are currently uh, provided a, a service through Sea to On Air, and that includes their launch customer of Malaysia Airways. So this is a very important part of meeting those upcoming mandates that are being put in place by ICAO to provide a global flight tracking capability for monitoring aircraft in remote airspace. There's been a lot of work, in addition, done on studies of the potential impacts of putting real-time surveillance over the oceans and in remote areas. The ones you've probably heard the most about are, are the ones being done by the air navigation service providers and the airlines, um, and that has to do with optimizing the airspace, providing the airlines with the most efficient routes, the most efficient flight profiles, which, for example, on the North Atlantic would enable them to save $350 million a year in fuel savings starting in 2020, just based on some simple uh, updates to the flow pro flight profiles for those aircraft. But as you can imagine, there's other very important benefits that are being uh, achieved by real-time surveillance where that hasn't been provided before. The Flight Safety Foundation has released a study called The Benefits of Space-Based ADSB, uh, which is incidentally available, available for download on their, their website, flightsafety.org. Um, they've identified over the next 20 years, there's a substantial changes coming to the world's airspace, primarily being driven by the growth in areas like Africa and Southeast Asia, uh, as, as well as overall Asia, uh, causing um, a need for improved capacity, increased capacity to handle the flight growth that's occurring in those areas. Obviously, they need to do that safely, and the Flight Safety Foundation identified 23 areas and benefits of safety and efficiency that can be achieved by providing real-time space-based ADSB surveillance of which 14 of those would be were listed as immediate benefits of, upon implementation of this technology. Another study done by Purdue University School of Aeronautics and Astronautics really focused on the 
benefits from an environmental perspective, specifically looking at the fuel savings that can occur by achieving more efficient flight routes, as I mentioned before, the $350 million a year just on the, the North Atlantic alone. And in, in this case, they see the resultant reduction in carbon, uh, carbon dioxide and greenhouse gas emissions that are a result of that, that fuel savings. That can have a significant effect over the next 10 years on meeting the ICAO targets for, for reducing aviation uh, contributions to greenhouse gases. One study, that study showed that that's the equivalent of reducing the number of cars on the U.S. roads by approximately 300,000 uh, cars a year. Um, that study also is, is available, I believe, on the Purdue University site as well as on the, the Arion website. One last, last area that we're, we'll be introducing with our partners at the Irish Aviation Authority is the Arion Alert Service, or the Arion Aircraft Locating and Emergency Response Tracking Service. This will be a public service that will provide to the aviation industry, knowing that we'll be receiving data on all of the world's ADSB-equipped aircraft. We know at some point aircraft will go missing or lose communications with their operation centers and we'll need to respond to that in a very efficient manner. You know, through our work with the Irish Aviation Authority, we've set up a response center at their Valley Green communications facility where any aircraft, any search and rescue authority that loses communications with that aircraft will be able to contact the Irish Aviation Authority and receive um, immediate information on the last known location of that aircraft um, and, and uh, other flight profile information. And that service will be available to all aviation stakeholders, including the airlines, air navigation service providers, and search and rescue organizations. So, in summary, um, we're seeing lots of good results from the first data from the first satellites. We look forward to the increased amount of data from the sec second launch. Uh, we're under active engagement with our launch customers on the rollout of this service and have a, a strong interest from re the remaining air navigation service providers to work with us on implementation of this capability that will have really a transformational benefit on to the air navigation service community. Well, that's the end of this short take. If you have any comments on this short take, you can email us at podcast at spaceq.ca or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca where you'll find an archive of each episode. You can also find SpaceQ on Twitter at Canada in Space. If you like SpaceQ short takes, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app.